Drew, what's up? <laughs> Nothing much. So, we're asking that question, how do we leverage our singleness today? And what do you think of when you hear that question? Well, I think that's a really great question because, um, you know, most of the, the world is single. You know, and I think that a lot of times we have uh, this perspective on singleness that singleness is like we, we'll treat it like a sickness and that marriage is the medicine. And you have all of these people that are trying to find connectivity and marriage still uh, exists as kind of that ultimate expression of, of, of family and of connectivity. And so a lot of people are having their mind that marriage is going to be the thing that completes them. You know, there was that old uh, rom-com called Jerry Maguire, kind of one of the famous lines out of that is when uh, Tom Cruise looks at his uh, Renee Zegler and or however you say her last name and, and just yeah, says, I don't know. You, Too you, young for that. Right, right. But he says this, you complete me. And, you know, everyone's watching that. They're thinking, oh, that's I want a relationship like that. And so I think that, um, you know, when we think about singleness, we've got to ask the, the question, what is our perspective and is it the right perspective? You know, I follow Christ and um, I, I look into the, the Bible as kind of my compass to navigate life. And, you know, it's been around a long time, long before I was here and it'll be around long after I'm dead. And so it has a lot of yeah, really same here. Yeah, it has a lot of really great things to say um, about how we should view life. And in, in the scripture, uh, you find out that um, that that singleness is not, it's not a problem. It's actually a gift. And it's interesting because you have Jesus, um, you know, the, the most complete human being ever to walk the face of planet earth. He's the perfect uh, expression of humanity. He's God and man wrapped into one and he was single. And so you, you think about like, why did Jesus never get married? Well, I, I don't know all the reasons, but he is showing us that, that, that the number one being single is a whole number that you're not incomplete if you don't have a marriage. And the greatest theologian, Paul, you know, he, he, uh, he was single as well. He would say even about singleness that it was a gift. And maybe somebody's listening to this and they're like, man, that's the gift I don't want to receive. But listen, you, you've got the wrong perspective. Because when you're single, you can be undivided in the mission of God. Yeah, and the mission, one of the missions of God is to make disciples. Matthew 28 19 through 20 says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is charging these men to make disciples throughout the rest of their life, so that way they can be fruitful and multiply and make more disciples. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, you know, going back to being single allows you to have um, more undivided attention uh, towards the mission of God. And what I mean by that, I think a lot of well-intended people will say that, you know, when you're single, you'll you'll never have more time than when you're single. And and they're they're kind of saying, well, when you get married, you're going to have less time. That's not true. We are all given the same amount of time. But what they're trying to say is that when you're single, you'll you'll have more undivided time. And uh, I mean, I've been married for 12 years and I have three kids and uh, here's what I know that, that, that my kids and my wife, they demand a lot of my attention and that's a good thing. Um, but I, I have less attention to give towards others outside of those four people in my life. And when I was single, I had more undivided time 
to go towards the mission of God. Now I'm still making disciples. I'm discipling my children, discipling my wife. She's discipling me. We're also discipling a handful of others. Um, but when I was single, I was able to freely go. I was able to be more agile in the in in and with the mission of God. I was able to leverage my resources, not to um, you know have to provide for my family per se, but I could use those to go towards uh, living on mission. And uh, man, I, I was just able to to have a little bit more liberty. I only had to look out for you know for myself in that sense. And so, um, you know, you have more attention, you have more attention to be able to go towards the mission. And also the beautiful thing of this is that only in the kingdom of God can you be fruitful and multiply without ever being that ancient cultures. They would look at somebody that was single as as having a curse on them, that uh, your ability to have kids and your posterity was tied to God's blessing on you. And if you were barren, you were considered cursed by God. Uh, if you were unmarried, you were considered cursed by God. And so what's interesting is that um, in the kingdom of God, you can be fruitful and multiply spiritually by, by making disciples. And you can have a, an enormous legacy and a spiritual posterity um, in the kingdom of God. Yeah, and one way that I can see people making disciples is teaching them how to live wisely and in titus chapter 2 verses 6 and 7 it says in the same way encourage the the young men to live wisely and you yourself must be an example to them by doing good works of every kind let everything you do reflect the integrity and seriousness of your teaching so they're just telling paul's telling tim titus to model the way Mm -hmm. essentially yeah, you know, I think that's why it's important for um, you know men that are that are younger to get around uh, other godly men and even godly men that are older than them to show them the way. Um, you know, I think that that verse, uh, you know, if you're a younger person, listen to this. You should see that verse in reverse, in the sense of, you know, Paul's instructing Titus to, to invest his life into younger men, and maybe you're a younger man wishing that an older guy would invest his life in you. Well, make yourself available to that older guy. Uh, pursue an older guy. You know, have vision. Uh, for the type of man you want to become and then, you know, seek to surround yourself with that man. And, uh, you know, I would just encourage somebody that, you know, is trying to figure out how to leverage their singleness. Um, maybe maybe you have a strong desire to get married and that's a great desire, uh, but you just don't know what that looks like. Maybe you come from a, a broken home or you don't have a good vision of what, a, what it looks like to uh, be a godly husband. We'll find a, an older godly man that's leading his family well and uh, surround yourself with him. That's part of my story, Drew. I, when I was single, um, I was desiring marriage, but I just didn't know what it looked like. I, I didn't want to fail at that. It's kind of a big deal. So um, I found one of the godliest men I knew, and he went to the local church I was attending. He invested in me, and I continued to be faithful to put myself in the same environment that he was in to observe how he loved his wife, uh, how he loved his kids, how he worked, um, and how he studied the Bible. And, man, I was eyes wide open, taking notes all the time. And uh, trying to seek uh, to maximize that investment. And so I think that, you know, that's one of the ways that we can really implement that verse as a younger man, for sure. One of the, the quotes I really love by uh, Callie Civils is, if you're, not con- if you're not content in singleness, then you won't be content in marriage. Being, like, single right now, as a sing- just as a single young adult, we must find contentment now or else we will lack 
in that area, if we do decide to get married, the person that you will be the most content with as of right now is Christ because he is there for you when life gets rough. Well, it's so good. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, Paul says that he's learned the secret of being content in Philippians chapter 4 in all circumstances. And uh, and that's something that we do have to learn. It doesn't come naturally, right? We're, we're not naturally content. And again, I think that some people see, you know, singleness as a sickness and marriage as the medicine. And, uh, and they think that marriage will heal what is broken inside of them. But marriage is not a healer. It's a revealer. And uh, marriage just maximizes or, or magnifies, rather, um, the, the rifts and the fault lines in our character. And, um, and so if you're listening to this thinking, man, if I, you know, I struggle with lust, I just need a wife. Or I struggle with lust, I just need a husband. Or man, I, I struggle with loneliness, I just need a, a companion. I need, a, I need to get married. Um, that that person is not going to complete you. If you don't learn contentment and satisfaction in Christ while being single, uh, then, then what's going to happen is that you're going to put the weight that you're supposed to put on your relationship with God, who can withhold that weight. You're going to put that weight and that expectation on your spouse, and it's going to crush them. And it's going to be very difficult to navigate your marriage because you're going to be asking them to fulfill the deepest parts of your, your heart that only God can fulfill. Yeah, and I just see, like, part of that would be, like, learning how to love, scripturally love one another, uh, just by leveraging our singleness, by loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. And I think of First Corinthians thirteen four through 7, which says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. And we've got to learn that now. You know, we've got to learn. You don't have to wait to get married in order to start learning how to love. And so you got to look in your circles of, of relationships and say, you know, who, who am I uh, loving uh, in, in this way that in this godly way. And I think that, you know, we always encourage our, uh, singles that we do ministry with to have a roommate, you know, that if you're living alone, what you're learning is how to, how to be really good at living alone. You should, you should seek to move in with the most dysfunctional person, you know, so that you can learn how to put uh, that first Corinthians 13 love in motion. Not easy, but, but you'll thank that roommate later for teaching you that love is patient, kind, and all those other things that it says. Yeah, and I just also, another quote I think of is just to help grow our singleness is a quote by A.W. Tozer, which says, the man who would truly know God must give time to him. And that just boils down to abiding daily in the word of God and in prayer. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, this is the time. Now is the time. I mean, if this is if you're a single person listening to this and you are not pursuing the Lord consistently, now is the time to, to make those deposits. Um, again, you have more undivided time. And so instead of staying up late tonight, watching another episode of, of Joe Exotic, you need to open up the Bible and you need to seek, uh, seek the face of God um, instead of uh, sleeping in tomorrow morning, uh, you need to get up early and you need to get on your knees and ask God to refine the areas that are displeasing to him uh, to liberate you from uh, an addiction to pornography and masturbation or 
uh, to liberate you from an addiction to materialism that's got you in a lot of debt, uh, to help you become whatever, whatever your issue is, your anxiety, your worry, your control, whatever the thing is. Um, and now's the time to make those deposits of the word of God uh, into your heart and make those deposits of time spent in prayer uh, to forge your relationship with Christ uh, so that you're spiritually healthy, emotionally healthy, and uh, you're, you're ready to step into a, a marriage someday and add value to that place. Or you may just rock the single life uh, until Christ comes back or calls you home and you will be complete in him. Yeah, the writers of the different Psalms in the Bible would say that we need to delight in his word because it, it is his word that guides our moral compass in life. Definitely. Definitely. That, that's so good. And, and again, that, that just looks like you uh, disciplining yourself right now in this season to get into the word of God and to seek him in prayer. Something I just want to finish up with, and I also want to say thank you for uh, taking time to do this, is James chapter 4, verse 8, which says, Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Yeah, it's such a great verse to close in, uh, close on, and I would just uh, add a, a closing remark that um, that that singleness is is not easy. I think maybe someone listening to this, Drew, could think that you know that you or me, we never had any struggles in our singleness, or maybe we deal with people that just aren't struggling. Man, singleness is hard. It's lonely. Uh, I mean, you're you know you're you're sexually um, agitated. Um, you're uh, you're emotionally you want connectivity. Uh, you you know you you long for that relationship. A lot of people maybe listen to this. They and they want a family someday. They want kids. And man, singleness, it can be really, really challenging. And I love James 4, 4, because it gives us an incredible mm -hmm. promise. You draw near to God and he will draw near to you. And God wants to be your ultimate satisfaction. Uh, he, he wants to give you a pleasure that's, that's greater than uh, even a sexual pleasure. He wants to give you a, a relationship that's more stable than even a marriage relationship. Uh, he wants to give you companionship that is uh, that, that cannot be thwarted, that will last for eternity. And all of those longings that we have are not bad longings, uh, but they are meant to find their ultimate expression in Christ. Um, and, and in the meantime, as we're kind of struggling, if somebody's listening to this, they're struggling through singleness, uh, James 4.4 4 is an anchor. It is an incredible promise that we would draw near to him, that we wouldn't idolize marriage or we wouldn't idolize sex or we wouldn't idolize companionship. Uh, but that we would draw near to God and that God would draw near to us, that we would recognize that that idol in our heart, that idolatry in our heart, uh, and that we would cleanse ourselves from that. And we would say, God, I want you to be my God. Nothing will satisfy me but you. I want you to be my, uh, my ultimate companion uh, in this life and the one to come. And I actually want to add one more verse because that's a good transition to this verse. Uh, Revelation 19, 7 through 9. It says, let us be glad and rejoice and let us give honor to him for the time has come for the wedding feast of the lamb and his bride has prepared herself. She has been given the finest of pure white linen to wear for the fine linen represents the good deeds of God's holy people. And the angel said to me, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the lamb. And he added, these are true words that come from God. Yeah. And I just want. No, you got it. Go ahead. 
And I just want to say that if you are single this season and your life is open for you to find many ways to glorify God. Yeah, I think that's so good. And, um, you know, God wants us to be preparing ourselves because though Jesus was single while he was here, he's coming back to get his bride. And Drew, we, we are the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. And uh, we should be readying ourselves uh, for that glorious um, return of our bridegroom, Christ. And uh, that's what Revelation is talking about, that, you know, we should be getting ourselves prepared, seeking him, getting to know um, Christ and uh, preparing ourselves in our uh, personal holiness and righteousness and getting excited about, again, our, our forever relationship that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And um, and I think that, you know, that's such a great and apropos way to finish that, um, you know, the, one of the greatest struggles in singleness is loneliness and the truth that is in Christ, you will have forever companionship. That's such good news. Yeah, that is. And I just so everyone else listening, I want to thank you all for listening and hope you found some encouragement. And I will see you all in the next episode. Again, thanks. Thank you. Bye.